Hello friends, and welcome back to another episode of These Five Songs. Two years with no releases or shows can be a make or break for a band, but in some cases, those two years can be an opportunity for regrowth. In June 2019, the doors were blown open with the return of Hot Knives and their single, Are You Afraid of the Dark?, with the band bringing a new group of collaborators and members into the project to elevate those melodic hardcore anthems to new heights. Now, a year has passed, and while most things have not stayed the same, Hot Knives are back with their debut EP. Joining us today is the embodiment of those soaring melodies and gnarly riffs found on Hot Knives' debut EP, which releases tomorrow. Aiden Stoddard, hello. Hey, man. Thank you. <laughs> uh, how's it going? It's going well, man. I appreciate those words. Thanks for saying that. Um, it's cool to be, you know, doing something and trying to be involved and, you know, be kind of vocal about it. So I really appreciate you, you having me on, and I know the guys do too. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and I, I, you know, one of the main things I want to talk about is just um, kind of where you're at with, uh, you know, releasing an EP right now and, and just, you know, it, especially I think at Hot Knives case, um, you guys were just kind of getting into a groove where, you know, uh, you know, the like Pacific show, there was, there was a lot of stuff happening and then yeah. everything kind of fell apart in general with, you know, just, uh, everything going on. Uh, how have you been kind of holding up during this? Uh, well, you know what? It's, uh, it's been interesting. I really try and take the positive out of it. And I think I've really been just, you know, focusing on a lot of things that are important for us. Uh, I know for me too, just on a personal level, like I have definitely had my pace in life around hot knives and just being a musician slowed down. And inevitably for me, I think that's always been the thing that I've battled with. Um, you know, I'm a photographer and I'm also a server, bartender, kind of, you know, I do a lot of different kinds of things. So actually to really answer the question, it's been great because we have been able to focus on more of the brand and the the identity of who we are and what, you know, this whole past almost basically two years um, since the scratch was made for the record, you know, kind of trying to really understand and bleed into that. Uh, you are not an old band by any means. The songs are they're there. And so I'd say, you know, to really just keep afloat and have things moving, especially in these times, uh, that's kind of has to do with, you know, where we're at internally, but then also to kind of address, you know, what's going around and why we're here and trying to have respect for that. It's definitely been a difficult time just to, um, you know, to see these things and a lot of, there's a lot of sadness, you know, around. Mm -hmm. And I really, I try to really for myself, just consider to have the biggest perspective on, you know, what can I do and what can I also do for the people that we're playing for and people are not playing for. So I think, you know, just working on this music and having new projects coming with hot knives is going to allow us to be able to do those things that we want to do that, are outputting and kind of giving back to where we came from. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and with this, I mean, I mean, it must be exciting because the EP releasing tomorrow, um, it, yeah, it, it must feel good to, to, to have that, you know, for sure out there into the world. Yeah, dude, <laughs> absolutely. It's honestly, I think we've all been really just really wanting it out. 
you know, we've, we've kind of been shot in the, we've shot ourselves in the foot, but then we've also been shot in the foot a couple of times, you know, not, there's no complaints there. Every band goes through their ups and downs and their obstacles, especially off the hop. So we're yeah. really lucky, I feel, to kind of have the response that we have gotten, especially from like the Hamilton, Ontario music scene. Like this is, you know, for all of us kind of this is rooted. And even though for me, I've been living in downtown Toronto for the past almost two years now. But um, with moves on that and, you know, giving COVID-19, I think this band is drawing us much, much closer. And now that we you know, have jumped through hoops to get this record the way that we want it to sound, um, it's really exciting you know i think that now uh you know considering the the record has been in the writing process for you know the last two years and when i kind of came to a to be of knowledge of these songs that were being written in the process it was really cool now to kind of look back and see them for what they are so yeah absolutely yeah I'm def- and i i was just gonna say i remember like your excitement about you know a heavy project and yes. kind of like diving into this 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 world that you had kind of taken some time off from uh i guess technically because yeah. uh while you know parkside has had heavy elements um the the band that you were in before hot knives um this is definitely much much more in in that kind of melodic hardcore uh, world it definitely is uh it definitely is a switch i know for me it's been such a positive switch i have loved being able to play in this band and i've always i love playing in parkside you know those are my boys they are my best friends and i would never trade that for anything and it's really honestly why i'm able to do what i do in hot knives and to be able to be considered for that kind of thing uh but honestly you know especially on the outro of that no you know when parkside was when we decided that we were no longer going to carry it out it was definitely a time of confusion and really not knowing exactly how to go about being a musician who loves to be in a band and wants to be a musician and be in a band at the same time you know and uh having zach and simon who were initially they're, they're the ones making scratch for the and doing demoing it out kind of towards that end of i guess it was 2017 now wow or 2018 yeah basically on that time frame working on this kind of keeping it low and you know i they invited me to the studio at one point to just i was taking a little bit of behind the scenes at the time more studio oriented things and when i got in there and i got to hear you know no vocals no bass just scratch guitar scratch scratch drums i kind of had that feeling where i was like damn this is cool um and I guess as time went by, it just kind of made sense. And, you know, they, Zach called me and he was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, hell yeah, man, of course I do. (laughs) So here it's been a really cool switch, especially dynamically playing live. Um, You know, I, I do the clean thing. I do the screaming thing as well. And playing guitar is definitely, you know, kind of a segue from what I was doing a little bit in Parkside, but it's definitely kind of bloomed more considering, you know, the genre it has been switched. So I'm, I'm super excited about it, man. It's really, I really can't wait until, you know, this body of music can make us add nine songs out and got a set's worth of music to come back to. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's, uh, I, I'm definitely looking forward to, to some live shows. Hell yes. Whenever, whenever that'll be not in the near future. No. In, not in a month. <laughs> Uh, but we won't get into that. But yeah, you know, I, I will say, I, bands. You know, I don't. 
maybe not the right time. Maybe uh, definitely not. I don't think yeah, it's the right time at all. <laughs> it's definitely like we say these things. I think everybody, like as a musician or as even uh, somebody who is, loves and enjoying going uh, going to shows, you kind of even though you should want to go back, we all have to really keep the consideration and understanding that that's just not a thing. Like there is no well, yeah, way. There's a responsibility at the end of the day too. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. And I it's... think to even keep that music alive and to kind of keep the culture of it alive, you got to be able to preserve, you know, those elements that are sacred, which honestly, I, that's kind of how I see. And I like to see the shows even from local to high scale, big stage. It's, you got to really preserve that. And right now, you know, putting i think at a hardcore show in general people's safety for like in the when you're standing around the pit like yes like you can get things happen on accident everybody's there supposed to be there at least to be friends um but you know you're going at the risk of crowd surfers and whatnot and there's no need to bring the risk of sickness and your health anybody else's health to come in here and hurt that so given that we're in a a global pandemic obviously there are not going to be shows like the way they were or at least i don't think that you know bands especially for you know who we know and every i feel like we're all at least my friends who are playing in bands seem to be on the same page with that so until then you know until we can figure this out and have a safe environment for everybody exactly um but but let's uh, let's kick into the list. Uh, yes. The five songs for today. Um, so the the uh, theme that you picked is basically the the five songs that kind of got you into heavy music, correct? Yes. Yes. They are definitely. Um, I really I, I thought it was cool to try and bring in bands here that you know were a huge influence for me, especially in the scene, and a couple of them that I feel have been relicked. And I think it'd be, yeah, discussing that. I've never really had the chance to go through them like this. And I think, you know, kind of starting off with where what we have there and what I gave you, I'm just, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, let's, uh, so let's kick into it. Under Oath, Writing on the Walls, off the album, Define the Great Line, released June 20th, 2006. Um, I mean, some of my earliest, like, I guess, memories of getting into metalcore or, uh, as a lot of the kids at my high school and and uh, elementary school would call it screamo. Uh, mm-hmm. but, oh yeah, you know, uh, oh yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it was bands like Underoath and and Silverstein, even like that first um, Escape the Fate record. But, oh, dude, uh, for sure. Oh, oh yeah. Man, <laughs> uh, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> but but definitely Underoath uh, and, and this album. Uh, was one of the first bands that kind of got me into this sort of music. Uh, was this one of the first bands that got you interested in that kind of heavier aggression, I guess, in music? You know what? It was definitely, it definitely, Under Oath, those guys, I think, kind of gave me a lane and gave me kind of a, like, a clear shot image um, of everything I wasn't allowed to listen to at the time. Mm. I I think that, you know, I remember correctly, and I may be wrong on the year of it, but I'm pretty sure it was big shiny tunes eight and i'm pretty sure that writing on walls is on that and regardless of which mix it was on i remember (laughs) being in the car and my dad's mazda five there was like horses outside involved somewhere we were stopping i had no idea what was going on but all this we had this cd and we just bought it and I had no idea what I was about to get into or anything. I'm just a kid. And it comes on. I just hear, you know, Aaron's first clean vocal and the guitar riff. And I'm like, yo, okay. <laughs> but then all of a sudden the screaming comes in 
And I was, I had never heard really anything like that. I was like, holy shit, like this is aggressive. Like, I kind of, I don't want to be sitting in the car right now, honestly, like listening to this. I kind of want to stand. I want to pace. I want to pace. <laughs> yeah. my, my little self right now just wants to pace. Uh, and then I remember my dad getting back in the car and turning it off. And a big part of that next week in my life mm-hmm. was trying to figure mm-hmm. out and get that CD back and read the back to see who the, who the artist was and what the name of the song was. And then, of course, back then with the little disc wasp, Walkmans. I'm pretty sure iPods were out, but I, I didn't have one. Regardless, mm-hmm. had the Walkman and found it. And I spun that thing so many times. And that's kind of, you know, for me, being in elementary school was the idea of, you know, I was already kind of going into the idea of singing clean vocals. And that's mm-hmm. honestly, when I first tried to scream, I probably like, it felt like I lacerated my larynx or something like that, you know, and that was my first yeah. sign to see like, okay, this is a progression. And so that's kind of why I started with this song because, you know, everything com- that it has on its components as a track, as, you know, a single, as to me, the face of that band's era de- and, you know, Define the Great Line, I really feel it's, it's definitely my favorite album of theirs. And it's interesting to, to jump in in that point of their time and their growth and being so young and kind of being the first, as they would say, screamo or whatever you want to call it, post-hardcore, mm-hmm. um, metalcore, it is definitely has such a huge face and so much musicianship, especially as a young guitar player and vocalist. I, I really owe a lot to those techniques to where I've kind of gotten myself, for sure. Yeah, and just like, I think uh, they do like structure like no one else. They're able yeah. to structure these songs uh, so well and, and the choruses hit exactly when they need to um you know they can bring it back around it's just uh really good songwriting um and and even seeing them live uh i saw them at rico coliseum opening for bring me the horizon nice um that was like their i I guess like their comeback kind of tour it was around that time okay um and they absolutely blew bring me the horizon out of the water um really insane well i'm not surprised man honestly like on their farewell tour and it wasn't oh, like the original lineup or anything. Doesn't matter. Um, but their farewell, and I talked to you about this before. I think I sent you a text about it. But honestly, that Sound Academy show was to this day top five best shows I've ever been to. It was the energy that they give off as a mm-hmm. band and the absolute, you know, the, and like you're saying, the structure. It's so interesting. That was really what caught my vibe as a young kid is being able to see and sit down and render and comprehend what it takes to write a song like that. Like there are so many pieces to it. There are so many riffs that don't repeat and the ones that do and why they do. It's just a complete masterpiece to me when I listen to these guys, especially considering that they didn't really have very much producing on those first three records at all. And they're very much have done it themselves um, with their sound for the most part um i know that they're you know mac old and no it's it's all just it's very cool to see the way that this band has come so yeah on a live perspective too i just uh i really i really appreciate these guys because they also bring the performance value too like watching them is so sick you know mm. just they really have the headbanging thing down <laughs> quite bad you know for everybody every kid who yeah in front of a mirror <laughs> alone or thought they were alone like that's 
you know, that's kind of, you, you broke your neck to look like that, I felt like, or at least that was for me. <laughs> you know, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, the interesting kind of thing, like, while the sound of Under Oath now, it, it may be kind of mm-hmm. cemented by the, the sound from this era, um, they were a, a pretty different band before Spencer Chamberlain joined, right? Absolutely, um, yeah, definitely. And so with with Hot Knives kind of starting off as, you know, this project that, that Zach had, mm-hmm. um, how do you think it's kind of evolved to, to where it is now? Well, so Hot Knives really originated in basically Zach's bedroom, uh, about five years ago, maybe even more, you know, it's, he's had this idea shelved for a long time and it's something that I was completely unaware of until the ending of Parkside and kind of, I, you know, to see it, the first ever EP, uh, fade into color, which, you know, you can still listen to, it's still up there, uh, on, on this, on streaming platforms that is all Zach, you know, every instrument, nine and that is kind of you know i think as a musician and kind of looking in on it on a band that hasn't been fully developed or isn't even really a band yet it's really exciting Mm -hmm. to be able to see such songs at such an early and raw stage because like you can listen to that stuff now and yeah we play lbdc and we play miles uh those are two out of the five songs on that ep and like we bring them back but it is so much different than now so to kind of get in the middle of that it's uh, it's been really interesting, especially as a to or initially clean vocalist to come into this and see room for that on a, a project that could very much resemble um, just very strict, you know, maybe a UK style kind of metal melodic hardcore band that is really yelly and whatnot. I think it's you know to see and have the ideas of different perspectives of, of hardcore, and I know in the studio, me and Simon and Zach definitely have. Our roots and our tastes come from different places, but we can always meet in the middle on, you know, the sound that fits perf- what we think fits perfectly at the time in our band. So, you know, yeah. I know for me, I really, I'm a really huge fan of really low vocals, deep vocals. You know, Mitch Lucker was a huge fan for me. Um, uh, I was a fan of him, of course, and just really trying to get into that as a band. Dahlia, you know, I can reference to that um, as well, and bringing those vocals to really high high uh kind of almost fry vocals that zach does um Mm -hmm. so to get us to where we're being now uh, i think that really also developed in our shows and the dynamic and aesthetic of practicing in front of um you know ourselves and then doing that and bring it to the stage to realize what our vibe is Uh, i think that you know since then you know we've been working on new songs and we've been working on uh certain releases that we do have planned for even after single we release ep1 and it's i think now a lot of that has come from watching and learning something that has been has been there for a long time and then having the freedom without judgment and no kind of criticism and only the means to really succeed and come together and write this new piece and bring this project alive i think that's kind of where how i like to see how the way i've been considering it since joining absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah um so let's uh let's move on to the next song here and that's alexis on fire uh no transitory off the album watch out released june 8th 2004 um legendary band legends oh yeah yeah uh at least for i mean definitely for our kind of our our, i guess our group our our scene um i I would I, i don't know many people that don't consider this band either an influence or 
or just love the music. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It's, um, you know, and I know a lot of people love to talk about these guys, especially in hardcore music, especially in post-hardcore music or any kind of, um, you know, dynamic <clears throat> that has clean vocals that cross over with mm-hmm. hard vocals. And because, you know, these guys really kind of almost in a lot of ways and to a lot of people wrote the formula on that, you know, it's really kind of, it's interesting to really pick certain aspects of this band that you you are you can't even just you can't even control it it just if you're into them and if you're playing music and if you have any kind of drive i feel like to to embody that five piece dynamic you you can you touch on it and it it's yeah. something that means a lot to you and i know especially in the GTA and that's you know for where i've grown up here and then also having the opportunity to go to school in St. Catharines at Brock and kind of be in the dynamic and that city where you know that band truly has a lot of pride and people are proud of that and i really never met anybody who didn't know who dallas green was or any of the members to be honest it was very cool and so you know yeah to kind of pick no transitory that you know hands down that is my favorite track by them i think that when i heard that track it was it spoke to me immediately and i saw it on much music you know the video and everything with that huge jib shot of you know, going over and being like black and white. Uh, they really have it. And they kind of, you know, with that song too, dynamically, it's, they really, I'm a big fan of the crescendo style endings and slowing and building in the right place to just really slingshot your sound to get yeah. people's dopamine glands going, you know, like just make them. And these guys really do embody that with this track, I think. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, they carry that a lot in their music, just uh, like just anthems, just anthemic songs that, and, and it's kind of funny because you, you take a song like this or, or a lot of their music um, from around this time and, you know, those songs were, were first played in like, you know, small venues, small clubs, Absolutely. but now they can go play Budweiser stage and those songs fill the entire, you know, amphitheater they do yeah and you know what i find about them too is that you know even and you can say this about under but i want like more particularly for alexis on fire um and especially from where you know i i my experiences in growing up especially in a place and in a town or at least with a friend group and a culture that i was in where i didn't know a lot of people who this music i grew up very much you know standing alone with loving hardcore music and just being okay with that and understanding that eventually that you know those people who in my will come in my life and i would be able to you know do the band thing or just meet like-minded people and these guys you know what i'm what i mean by that too is even with those who are not more particularly into heavy music this band does catch up a a lot of attention and it has this ability through Mm -hmm. the melodic aspect and through the clean vocals and even screams that can catch people who wouldn't typically put this band on and have them bopping it you know like I think that's kind of why for no transitory that clean vocal part that Dallas does with the harmonies it's almost like a double lead. Um it I you know that just soars to me and it's I feel like for a lot of people when that song comes on you know cuz I would hear that song on the edge 102.1 edge all the time and whoever I was in the car with like we listened to that track all the way till the end even if it started like right at the beginning or in the middle uh, they kind of have this aspect to them that pulls them kind of further than i feel like what a lot of bands were doing back then for sure yeah 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 Uh, yeah. um and 
kind of do you, do you think Dallas has played an influence on your vocal kind of stylings especially for like a project like hot knives you know um, yeah yeah definitely yeah. honestly yeah he definitely i like i'd be lying if i said no <laughs> just because you know when i was in that come up especially uh practicing you know things like acoustic guitar which virtually was how i started writing and really learned how to get the confidence to do that um you know, 14 years old, 13 years old. That was definitely listening to, you know, sometimes, which is, you know, unrelated, but mm -hmm. and connected and kind of hearing his solo stuff and the transfiguration of how he actually differentiates between a project like City and Color and Alexis on Fire. Definitely commendable and something I respected massively. Never, mm -hmm. you know, something that I really saw. I think I did kind of go for that shot, you know, because I do, I did do a solo EP when I was young, when I was 16. And then, you know, I dropped a standalone when I was about 20. And, you know, without trying to relay that dynamic, it really, you know, now that I'm in Hot Knives and fast forwarding all of this, definitely have spent a lot of time with his music and his vocals, and especially that of Alexis on Fire, to really understand, you know, pushing your voice and how to make that happen while playing a riff or trying to at mm -hmm. least you know and making that also just trying to see that as broadly as you can on your horizons especially when writing music because you know it, it really is like you can write this song and you can sing it um you can perform it but then at the end of the day too you need to be able to formulate that into the character the character of your band and what you're trying you know just to master it and i look at dallas and i know especially recently when they were their comeback they did that um secret house of strombo show yeah you know just to see them have it still and to see them rip like that and come through and really still bring back the alexis on fire feel that we all have loved for 10 years and to be so like even more progressive you know like even still i feel like you listen voice is still getting more texture and there's the vibratos in different places that you wouldn't have even five years ago maybe two I, I think definitely being able to look at insurance and longevity and also just not you know doing things right because you know i know in playing hot knives i'd be lying also that i haven't hurt myself live honestly like it's if, yeah, and yeah. really having to be careful of that and looking and being peaceful with the fact that you know your performance needs to be on top of every aspect and your musicianship has to be intertwined with that. And I think Dallas really is a good embodiment for anybody who's into heavy music and looking to sing and play guitar at the same time. Absolute role model, I think for sure. Definitely. Uh, yeah. And so let's, uh, let's move on to the next track here. And that is confide. I never saw it coming off the album. Shout the truth release June 17th, 2008. Yes. Um, so so this song is specifically off the reissue of the album uh which came out a year later and it had completely re-recorded clean vocals uh by their new drummer joel piper uh their old drummer who is still present on this recording uh drum wise he actually went on to join avenge sevenfold two years after this oh no way uh, and yeah and play with them for the better part of five years dang um, yeah, okay. so a little, a little interesting fact. Um, this band is interesting because I I think I could definitely draw a lot of parallels just in like image, 
sound and the whole drummer clean vocalist thing <laughs> uh, from Under Oath. Um, but, but I guess what made you kind of first interested in, in this band and this song? Because I, I don't know if I had actually ever heard of, uh, of Confide. Well, you know what? That's actually, that's kind of the aspect of my perspective coming into this when why I wanted to pick this song is because I feel like this band, you know, I think they were a little bit ahead of their time. I uh, I think they fit very perfectly in that whole tour genre mm. of bands and what you'd be exactly what you would hear walking in. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I think that it's, I, I consider them a bit of a relic, whether, you know, some people's tastes don't lean towards that or maybe it's too heavier or whatnot. But honestly, the, what really got me into these guys is they did a cover of, I think it was a, a they did a cover. It was such great heights. I forget them. Forget yeah, them. yeah, yeah. They on the same on the same uh, album. Exactly. Reissue. Yeah, and I I remember yeah. seeing that. I can't remember. I think it might have been on an alternative press where it dropped. Um, but at the time, years ago, and they dropped the music video with that cover. And I remember just that was when I think I really found out and realized what a boy band looks like <laughs> in hardcore music <laughs> and. You know, I was fascinated by it because, you know, they had the hair and everything. They, you know, they had the crab core aspect to it. Uh, and it wasn't until I found, you know, I listened through them and I actually I stumbled upon I Never Saw It Coming, this track. And there was a lot of things about it that just like I, again, from these previous bands, I felt there was a, you know, there's a build to it. Uh, they have a really cool aspect with, you know, where they've put in clean vocals versus where they're making it heavy. And also from a band that would really love, you know, open three, five breakdowns. I feel like in that song, they kind of, they took a different bit of a more melodic direction that, you know, I really did love. Uh, so yeah, also just the dynamic with having a drummer who is singing the cleans. I have always respected that. So that's something that I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of the point too, to say about them is I, I do think that they were, they missed the curve a little bit. You know, I think that they did kind of miss that because they did have a, potential as a band i truly believe to kind of take and something that i know in a way you know as a five-piece dynamic in hot nights uh truly taking that raw aspect of your genre um and taking going you know building from the roots up and having you know when i see them and i saw that band i, I always thought you know these guys do have that potential but i know there were some member issues uh they went away from a lot for a while they came back and I think, you know, they're worth a bit, they're worth a listen and worth an investigation because I think they really are one of those bands in between uh, after, you know, Under Oath and Alexis on Fire on their feet, killing it. There are definitely bands that got a little bit, you know, who are still in the deep local scene who arise and get those Warped Tour shows and, you know, could be easily missed because somebody else is playing across, you know, across wherever we are right now and you can just walk on over. Um, these kind of bands I know just to me and for Confide, it's something that I think deserves the respect of listening just because, yeah, you really can see what to do. Maybe you can see what not to do, uh, but all in all, just a good embodiment of what it might be to be in a band. And that's, you know, as a kid, I saw that kind of where I started understanding, you know, the thought process of what that might be like. So I appreciate them Absolutely. for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Confide. Go. Uh, everything's on on Spotify, so everyone go go give it a listen. Yeah, hit um, that. <laughs> hit that exactly. Uh, let's move on to the next track here, and that is Dead and Divine Carcinoma off the album Antimacy, released August eleventh, twenty eleven. Um, 
So, I mean, the last album released by Dead and Divine and, and kind of this, like, complete uh, album full of just anger and, yeah. and aggression. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's an aggressive uh, album. Um, Definitely. Which we, we had seen before, you know, from Dead and Divine, there's this, this sense of just, like, the way that, that Matt uses his, his vocals to, to convey that kind of just, like, it's almost like the you know sometimes the ugliness of those lyrics and just that just that raw uh, aggression. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. De- I love this band. Definitely, They're, I think you know definitely another relic. Um, these guys to me, I think that's why I I wanted to wait a little bit for these ones. This guy, uh, this band, and because they were honestly during a period of my life too where that was very relatable. Um, I know like super relatable because that kind of their music was dropping. At the same time, I was aware of it, and I know definitely it has been regurgitated and recurred in my life. This album comes up all the time, and I, you know, I kind of find myself stumbling back, especially when it comes to Hot Knives, and you know, really taking a good influence on the structure of their songs and the way you know they're fast. You know, these guys are fast as hell. They are riffing, but they're also they're also keeping a. a a structure that you can follow very well. Um, there's, they still can, you know, they maintain those choruses. They repeat as well. And they yeah, also yeah. bring, some, yeah, very map, like definitely a really cool dynamic of those clean vocals to heavy vocals. I think that I've always really regarded him for, uh, especially as a kid on being able to do that. And especially live, because I only ever saw them live once. Uh, and it was on their, okay. their last show in Hamilton, actually at absinthe. And I was in high school, I think it was in grade 10 or something like that. And mm. I just remember being blown away. I remember thinking, like, I'm so pissed off that this band is done right now. <laughs> but that's, you know, how after that, uh, it's really cool to see how a band can flourish. You know, uh, The Lovely Bones, as well as, um, uh, not on the same record, but just they, they have that ability to dynamically use where they're strong and push that and, like, kind of take a risk. Because, you know, I, I think being a heavy band like that especially like when you've got a record like intimacy like the way it starts is you just know you just know you're yeah, coming in yeah. and you're swinging or in you should duck or you should run <laughs> and or you should jump who knows the reality is i think dead and divine uh, especially as a band out of hampton definitely is really cool for kids or people who are just kind of getting into heavy music and is looking still looking to have something a catchy aspect of their songs like the choruses and something they can sing along to. you know neon jesus was their mm-hmm. first track i ever heard from them after the blink winnie to come back at now uh, it was molson at the time but i remember being eighth grade and getting handed an epitaph just demo cd by whoever i don't know just coming out and put it in and that was the neon jesus was the first track and i remember being like holy this is sweet and then Still didn't even look into them and reoccurred all of a sudden saw the music video and i was like holy shit these guys so definitely a really yeah. cool band yeah yeah and, and this song uh jason butler of let live uh comes in on this song hard and, feature and, yeah really hard feature oh yeah hard feature. <laughs> yeah just like, again just that just coming out of the gate swinging just like immediately it's like oh just uh such good just the dynamics once again yeah it really embodies that you know the and you know letting go of things is huge in this genre um 
probably for a lot of people and you know a lot of looking for a place to go to let these things out and these whatnot um sometimes you really you need an aggressive environment and sometimes you you know safely need to go about go about that to enjoy it and for other people to enjoy it and i think this is a this is a kind of band you know like you're saying with and with this song um you know getting a feature like that's a perfect placement of that feature because it's yeah. right in the middle and he really it, yeah it's a swinger and i think just having that you know t- like i said taking risks and pushing limits and still that song like i said has all the dynamics they have the clean vocals they've got the feature um and even in that like the, the way they could pick a voice like that to be able to mesh with matt's and really make you want to listen to it again i think that's something to be said about carcinoma they're um definitely you know when i think of them that's the song that comes up in my brain so mm-hmm. and, and it's so one last thing like mm-hmm. with this album being i think definitely heavier than uh the machines we are because there there are some kind of quiet moments on on the machines we are right um, yeah i i I've heard a rumor now for years and I don't know how, I don't know if this is true. So mm-hmm. I'm just putting that out there, but I heard a rumor for years that teeth uh, off of the machines. We are was at one point supposed to be like uh, basically the lead single from the twilight soundtrack instead of decode by Paramore. Yes. I actually knew that. Have yeah. you heard this? I, yeah. Uh, yeah but, that is a conspiracy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but then there was like label interference and I guess the band that, you know, Den Divine didn't want to become that band. And so instead, you know, with this album, uh, Antimacy, they're like, well, let's just make, you know, this stupid heavy album. And you know, I'm really glad you said that. Um, I think either you just, something that you're saying right now kind of hits me, especially in, relating to hot knives i think that aspect of keeping your genuinity and i think that's kind of maybe Mm -hmm. what that was about for them who knows uh i think that you know still trying to remain you know keep it punk whatever do your thing um i think that you know to watch that and to turn kind of whether it was turned down or whether it wasn't you know just fully it just didn't just didn't hit or happen i think it's cool especially you know working with zach and he'll laugh when i say this but like at the end of the day you know being able he is the guy that a lot of the you know for me and the guys were able to look and see the authenticity doing and because he is an authentic man and he really you know has a lot of ideas and it's it's a really cool to be able to keep the perspective of you know you know what how do we want to play these things out like where in the scene do you want to go where do you not want to go and being able to watch them that way uh, is really in the kind of see and hear about maybe these kind of still relay them where they sat in the scene and those potentials. I think it's a big motivation too for anybody else who's like in a band or trying to do something heavy like that to have hope that, you know, this scene, it's not dead and it's worth doing, you know, no matter where it's coming mm-hmm. from, just take it from for what it is and look at the history and respect you know it's it's never gonna go away but as long as that that also determines on how you make your make your moves as a band so i i respect i really think it's cool you know that story and then also to see them go out the way that they did i also thought it was pretty yeah cool. absolutely uh so let's let's move on to the last track here uh and that is periphery stranger things off the album juggernaut uh, specifically the Omega side of Juggernaut, um, released January 27th, 2015. Uh, so as I just said, this album is kind of the the second part uh, of this double album, Juggernaut. 
Um, I would say this side focuses a lot more on on kind of the you know the the chuggy riffs and that again once again saying it again but that mm-hmm. aggressiveness definitely <laughs> oh yeah they uh you know it was this band i think yeah it's they came later for me for sure um especially with juggernaut and kind of having them as like a two tr- like a two disc kind of situation there i thought that was really cool uh, they really mm-hmm. you know for those guys as musicians are pretty gnarly and you know to really go into that i know for me at the time too uh, i was that was really i was very serious about guitar still am but that was definitely like the technicalities things like shredding also you know doing things on the guitar that dynamically were considered difficult and just do kind of fit that maybe what you'd want to call it mathy or genty or mm-hmm. melodic shreddy they really this band you know to be able to work them and practice them as musicians and take on a piece of their music um it's i think it's you really realize again like in a band like under oath or Alexon fire how you know what it takes to get structure in like that and what it takes to also maintain that as such a project uh that you know and so you know for us to be talking here with stranger things i wanted to pick that because that really does shine to me a lot of their musicianship there are so many different avenues they go down to, in that song from where it starts to where it dives in and out, you know, cause there's a couple of hard stops almost in the, in that song. Yeah. There, it also rips up to a thousand miles an hour and <laughs> all the way until the end, it's, you know, the end of that track really gets me and the build up and the vote, the vocals are just so soaring and you, you really, it, it's a good band to look at if, you really are trying to pour some emotion into your into your shit there, and you're trying to get something out, and you know, not bringing the fear, and really just trying to do it. You know, those vocals as well are typically, you know, it's a very progressive version of what I see bands like Confide were doing, and bringing a higher register, and really bringing in those trained vocal technicalities um, that you would hear in other genres of music to make something really good like that. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's, that's a, it's kind of a good way to, to cap off the episode because we've, we've explored, you know, many different types of, uh, of, of art here. You can, you know, you can show that aggressiveness through something like Periphery or something like Confide, Confide or something like Dead and Divine. Uh, there's so many ways to, to express, you know, musically. Um, mm-hmm yeah absolutely and so i i guess capping off the episode uh i like to always ask the guest uh what did we learn today uh, i think today we learned you know it doesn't matter where you know, these bands can come from one or after the other uh, i think it's just important to really you know look at the genres of music and take what you can to help lead you especially as a musician um, to where you want to be and take a good influence from that and, you know go to shows be there when they're safe of course and you know take in what these people are giving to us and you know also just respecting the idea of very strangely structured songs and where that can take us absolutely uh i, I think that's yeah uh, well said um so uh, everyone we'll have a new episode coming out next thursday hot knives brand new ep releases tomorrow uh so please check it out everyone thank you so much stay safe